Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 161, Anne's Change Story, a new experience of chronic pain due to anxiety. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. In this episode, I'm having a conversation with Anne Willen. Anne is a change coach. Um, she's someone who I met a couple years ago now when she came through the the six-week Little School of Big Change course. Um, and it's been really, really cool to watch how, how Anne just seems so much um, calmer and more grounded. And I didn't even really know the extent of it. I knew she had some pain issues. I knew anxiety was a, had been a thing in her life. Um, but I love this conversation because we really start at the beginning and just look at how, how this stuff sort of goes through a lifetime. And I think these conversations are really important because they're so relatable. You know, and, and there aren't many places where where we can really get sort of the short version of someone's life story and and see how this stuff shows up when we're young and what we make of it, really. Not even how it shows up so much as what we make of it and then what we do with our misunderstanding about it, you know, how it how we think, oh, this is just how I am. I'm just sensitive or whatever. And then it leads us to kind of avoid certain things and make different choices and just the conclusions we come up with about ourselves and why we're feeling the things we do. I think when people can hear those stories from other people, it just does so much. It's not this this big teaching thing, like this isn't a major teaching episode. It's just a normal average person's story. But but by hearing that, you know, you it really highlights how universal so much of our human experience is. And I really love how Anne talks about, you know, feeling sensitive and worried a lot and anxious, and then how that showed up in her body and it showed up in physical pain that would jump around. And of course, of course, she went to doctors and said, I'm in pain, what's wrong? And they gave her physical solutions or and, and explanations, you know, and and it was little by little over time starting to see, wow, it, it just doesn't make sense that my pain was now here and now it completely jumped over there. And, you know, and again, how our mind can trick us about that stuff, you know, and make up reasons to make it make sense. And so I love though what Anne has come to see about the role of her mind and thought and anxiety in pain. Um, I love hearing how her pain has changed because it has changed in a, in a lot of big ways. Uh, even when it's there, it looks different to her now. Like she just has a bigger sense of what it is. And so it feels very different. Um, there's just so much good in the story. And after I turned off the recording, we talked longer and I, maybe I have to have her back at some point because she has even more cool stuff to say, as we all do when you really sit down and get to talk with someone. There's so much there. So that's definitely the case 
with Anne. Um, you'll love her. She's a sweetheart. She's seen so much. She's very understated about it, you know, but it's really impacted her life in a lot of ways. And as I mentioned, she's now a change coach. She works with people with anxiety and pain and also has a passion for sharing this with children and teachers because that's what she did for a long time. She was a teacher. Um, So she's just great if you're looking for a great coach. And I hope you uh, really enjoy this conversation with Anne. Hi, Anne. Thank you so much for coming on Changeable. Hi, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. (laughs) It's an honor. Honestly, I've listened to all the podcasts for years. And I dreamed of being on here someday. I didn't think it was possible, but so I'm super excited. Oh, it is possible. Awesome. So I was I was happy to have you because I've known you for a few years now and I've seen a lot of change in you. And I know you have, uh, I know a lot has just, has gone on kind of even in the background. I suspect there's a lot of little things that have shifted that I'm not even aware of. And I think, um, yeah, I think it's just going to be, it's always so helpful for people, you know, to just hear other people's journey and and to and there's such a variety of journeys as as you know, sometimes it's big and dramatic and there's a huge story and it's like one day I had this habit and the next day it was gone. And a lot of times it isn't like that. Most of the time, you know, it's more gradual. So I just love having the variety of stories. So I'm excited to to talk with you. Well, thank you. Yes. And I have to say, this is uh, one of the reasons I want to do this is because I've listened to so many people's stories and they truly help me to know that I'm not alone. Um, Yeah. That we're all alike, basically. That's just so helpful. So, yeah. Cool. So, so uh, I know some of your struggles have been around mostly around anxiety in various forms, and you've had some stuff around physical pain that you've seen a lot around. So maybe just tell us a little bit about, um, I, I know the anxiety kind of started first and has been there for a lot of your life. So how was that? Like, were, how was it as like an anxious kid and how did things kind of look way back? Um. Actually, a lot of my early memories are of me being very anxious. Like my one of my first ones um, is my mom took my sister and I to the dentist for the first time. And I think I was about four. And, um, you know, of course, they're telling us how to brush our teeth properly. And uh, so that evening we ate dinner. And then after dinner, my mom said, OK, girls, go brush your teeth and then you can go play. So my sister um, and I went to the bathroom. She brushes her teeth. She's done in a minute. She's outside playing. And um, I'm in there still brushing, brushing, trying to figure out exactly how to do it. I couldn't remember if I did my top teeth first or bottom and circles or straight down. And um, I was just like beside myself. And then my mom comes into the bathroom like 30 minutes later and she's like, what are you still doing in here? And I told her, I can't remember how to do it right. And, you know, I was crying. And to me, that just shows how much thinking I had even back then at four years old about how to brush my teeth. Um, From there, I I remember going to school, going to kindergarten, and I absolutely loved school uh, from the get-go. I loved to learn. I loved to read everything. And I knew um, once I met my teacher, I was going to be a teacher someday. But at the same time, every single morning on the way to school, I would... I would get all nervous about whether or not I'd be able to answer the teacher's questions, whether or not I'd have anybody to eat lunch with or play with on the playground. And I would start to cry. 
And every morning my mom would say, you're not crying again, are you? <laughs> and so I was ashamed of it and embarrassed. So I would always tell her the sun was in my eyes. Um, but so I could see that there's so much thinking then about school and if I was good enough and if I could do it, that kind of thing. So um, I kind of went along like that my whole life. My mom always said, oh, you're just like me. You're, you're nervous. You know, you, you just, you're too sensitive and, um, you know, kind of like you got to buck up kind of thing. And, um, and my, she said, you know, your dad's the same way and your, your grandmas and your grandpas, you know, we've all been anxious people all our lives. That's just how it is. So I just thought, okay, this is like in my genes. This is who I am. Um, I started to develop physical symptoms then, like stomach aches. I can remember going to school like every day. I quit crying at some point, <laughs> but I had stomach aches. And so I was always telling the teachers, you know, that I, my stomach was upset. Um, I had headaches a lot. Um, I felt dizzy. And so then what happened was I became very fearful of all these physical symptoms because I thought something then was wrong with my body. And I didn't understand that um, it was the anxiety that I was feeling in my body, but I just became very fearful. Um, so I kind of just kept going along with life like that. I felt like I was very nervous, shy. I was afraid to speak in front of the class always. Um, the only time I felt like I was really myself was within, like with my sisters, um, my mom, sometimes my aunts, but most of the time I was like this very closed little person. And I felt like I was so different from everybody else. Uh, by the time I went to high school and college, I was having migraine headaches and I was having a lot of anxiety. But by then I kind of had heard like maybe some speaker on Oprah or something. And so I kind of knew that, well, there's things you can do to get rid of this anxiety. So um, I started, you know, exercising. That was one of the things always recommended. And I had always loved to exercise anyway. So sometimes I'd be exercising one to two hours a day, basically to try to get rid of the stress or anxiety I was feeling. And I felt like I could get rid of that energy. And um, also because I was all caught up in how other people looked at me and you know, whether I was good enough, I was always comparing myself to everybody thinking I wasn't good enough and trying to be better. So I kept going along. And um, let's see, I remember I was in college and I had my first panic attack. And I had taken a computer class and it was the final. And I think I did all right on it. And I walked out of the building. And the minute I walked out of the building, I felt like this rush of energy. I felt like a, like a runaway train just running through my body. That's the best way I could describe it. And I had never felt anything like that. And I just felt so shaky. And, and I had no idea what was wrong with me. So again, I had teached it. There was something wrong with my body. And so I was so fearful it was going to happen again. I didn't even tell anybody about it. It, it passed, of course. And then, um, so then I lived in fear of physical symptoms like dizziness, this rush of energy. I was um, comparing myself to everybody else. I didn't think I was measuring up. Um, and I was just in this constant cycle. Uh, that's kind of how I lived my life for a long time. I think 
I, I love what you said about like just describing your childhood. I have a feeling, I mean, because you could have been describing my childhood in a lot of ways too. Like I just, and I feel like that's, I feel like that's really common. I think there's a lot of us out there, probably a lot of us that now would be listening to this podcast too, who have been through this in various ways, you know, but I just can so relate to um, feeling really sensitive. And then, I mean, mine went so similar to yours. It was like, I kind of knew that I was a, from, I, I guess people told me like you, you so serious and you worry and you're a perfectionist. But then I just thought, just like you, like, no, I just feel sick when I have to go to my dad's house or when I have to leave school or go to school. Like, and then it, because what do you know? You know, it's like, no, this must be a real physical thing. You don't know that that's a manifestation of anxiety. Right. It takes all these other forms, the exercising, the just wanting to get that energy out. Like, so I don't know. I just think that's, I'm glad you shared that in that detail because I think a lot of people are going to really relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And you Um, don't know, you know, you just just in it. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so then I developed, um, I got my first teaching job. And again, I was so excited. I, I love teaching. And actually, when I was actually in my class with my students, that was a time when I felt totally um, myself lots of times. Not if there were other adults in <laughs> or whatever, but when I was just with them, it was like, ah, this is like who I am or whatever. So I love that. But I also had all the worries about whether I was doing um, everything right, whether I was a good enough teacher. I'd compare myself to other teachers. Um, I got married at that time and I was trying to be like this perfect wife, you know, a a great cook, a great housekeeper, all the things I think, or I thought I should be as a woman. Um, And I developed, my anxiety was still huge, but um, then I developed back pain, like out of nowhere. I was at a jazzercise class and like all of a sudden, like my back was like, ah, stabbing pain. So this was like in your early 20s? Yeah, I'm only in my 20s. So, but I already have this idea in my head that my body's broken because of these stomach aches, headaches, migraines, all these other weird things that my sisters didn't seem to suffer from or anything. Um, So I'm like, oh no, this is another thing that's wrong with my body now. And um, so, of course, I panicked and uh, went to like several doctors and they were all like, there's, I don't see anything wrong with you. You seem fine. They did tests, uh, but uh, the pain persisted. So um, the, the only thing they would tell me to do is to rest. Well, that to me, I was doing like an hour and a half to two hours of exercise a day. So for me to not be able to do that was like, oh, then how am I going to not have my anxiety and <laughs> all the stress, you know? Um, so it's at that point, I can't even remember the name of the program, but I found some program for anxiety and you would purchase a bunch of cassette tapes. This is how old I am. <laughs> and then you would listen to these tapes. Um, and it was kind of like affirmations or trying to um, help you to relax but it, it didn't really get to the root of the problem because if I listened to the tape, lots of times I could relax for 10 minutes or however long the cassette lasted. Yeah. But then after that, it was like I'd be right back where I was. Right. So I, it kind of helped, but it didn't totally help. Um, 
that's interesting in itself. Like, I don't know if, it just makes me wonder because that's all we had for so long is like these relaxation exercises. I think especially like in the 80s and 90s, even the early 2000s, that's all there was for anxiety in a lot of ways. And I just wonder if anyone found, I'm sure some people just naturally outgrew their anxiety or found freedom on their own. But but what you're saying is so my experience too is so true. It's like, wow, this feels really good. But then as soon as 20 minutes later, when the anxiety kicks back up, the first thing you think is, oh, great, my piece is over right. <laughs> back to this, you know? So I, you can see how it wouldn't really lead to much change. Right. And it got so crazy that I take the tape everywhere I went. Yeah. Because I think I needed the tape yeah. to bring down my anxiety. So like I could never go on it, like even a little two-day trip or whatever to my mom's or anybody's without my tape because I had to listen to the tape or I was going to, I don't know what I thought, like have a nervous breakdown or something. Um, so that's kind of how I lived my life. And then I had my son. Um, and again, that was like one of the greatest moments of my life. It's like almost every time something really good happens, then the pain would ramp up or the anxiety. Um, so I had my son and I was still teaching. So I want to be this like perfect mom. Of course, I had an idea of what the perfect mom looks like and what she does and mm-hmm. all of that. And I never felt like I quite measured up or I was always comparing myself to stay at home moms and thinking, oh, you know, like my son was going to be at such a disadvantage because I wasn't home with him. I wasn't taking him to the Y for the swimming gym and all the other stuff. And so I was like obsessed with that. And then lo and behold, I get pelvic pain. So my back pain somehow disappeared. Um, Like it was the weirdest thing. It just left kind of. (laughs) But, and this is another pattern I see in my life, is the pain would just move somewhere else. So now I had pelvic pain. And um, I had a ton of anxiety. So I started to fear that I was going to die then at this point because I thought my body's broken. I keep having all these pains. The doctors can't find what's wrong. Um, And now that I had my son, I kept thinking he's going to be all by himself. He's not going to have a mom to raise my own. Go into these horrible stories about all that. And um, it just made life miserable for me um, all the time. I almost felt like I had a dual personality. So there was the me who was the mom, the teacher, you know, and I could function in life somehow. But then there was this part that I was hiding um, that was so scared, just so scared of life, so scared something bad was going to happen. Um, and it it was me trying to manage that anxiety and, and the pain too. And it, it became embarrassing. I didn't even want to talk about the pain because by now, like with friends or family, like they knew I'd had the migraines, they knew I had the stomach aches, they knew I had the back pain, and now I'm on to pelvic pain. And so I knew there was something really odd about all this, but I couldn't put the pieces together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you can see how, like, as we just listen to this now, kind of knowing what we know, it's just so interesting how you can sort of see, wow, it's just a mind jumping in and just telling so many stories about everything. But of course, when you're in it, and when you don't know that that's even what minds do, you're just in life, you know, like life feels like it's just coming at you, you would have no idea. And of course, 
you can just see how natural it is that, oh my gosh, now, and now I have this baby and now this is going to happen. And, and even with the pain jumping, it's interesting because we can see like, well, obviously it wasn't a structural biological back problem if it just vanishes and moves somewhere else. Right. So, but when, when, when it being psychological or anxiety isn't anywhere on your radar, when, when every doctor, when all you know is to go to a doctor and they're just looking for a physical issue, you're, you're going to make some sense out of that, you know? Exactly. And every doctor I'd ever been to looked at one specific part of me, it seems like, you know, so like the orthopedic doctor looked at my back, but, um, you know, I, my regular practitioner looked at my stomach and all that kind of stuff, but nobody was looking at like my whole person, like, or ever talked to me. And say, okay, let's. What's going on with you? You know, I, I just uh, wish somebody had done that, but, but that wasn't my journey, I guess. Um, so I hit a breaking point. Actually, I hit the wall, um, and it was like I managed to get through my whole son's growing up years, which was amazing. And um, so, were but, you sorry to interrupt? Were you okay. having panic attacks still, or was it you know you were in a lot of worry and pain and all that, like? How well, was were you still having the panic attack? Um, yeah, panic attacks seemed to come and go in my life. So they started like in high school, and then I got them some in college. Um, I got them again when I got married, but they would kind of come and go. Yeah, but there was always, always like this simmering anxiety in me. <laughs> it was yeah. I don't know that I ever didn't feel it. I, I had periods of time, like in a day, where I didn't feel it. I know that. But I don't know that I ever went months without feeling it. It was just, I thought that was me, honestly. Yeah. I believed it was who I was. So you and never went to any therapy or considered therapy or anything? No, I, I think for that. some reason, um, well, I know why. I don't want to, I didn't want to go back. Like I kept thinking they're going to want to talk about my past. And I knew, I don't, part of me knew that wasn't going to help me any. Like I needed to move forward. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, I still feel that way today. Like there are things that have happened, but I feel like concentrating in that area is not the way for me to go. Like my path is forward. Um, So I didn't, I never did that actually. Um, But anyway, so my son left home after he graduated from college. Um, And that was hard, really hard. Yeah. I was thrilled. He was independent. Um, you know, he's making a life for himself. He's a really good, really good kid. And my husband and I are so blessed. So I'm so thankful for all of that. But the mom of me wanted him, you know, just to be close always. And so I, I kind of had a struggle with that. And then we had a dog that was 14 years old, um, Missy, and she died. And my dad died that year. Um, and I hadn't seen him in 25 years. So that was um, there's a whole t- story there too, of course, but that was traumatic. And then my teaching, I was kind of nearing the end of my teaching career, but I had loved it. And I, I continue to have that piece of me that loves to teach and loves to be with children. And so I was really torn if I should retire or if I should keep going. Um, but I felt like the teaching had changed so much in 10 years, just the way. Um, education is structured right now. 
And I felt like a lot of things I was being told to do weren't really in line with my heart and how I saw children. As I kind of see them more as whole. Mm-hmm. And I don't like to separate out um, like subject areas and testing and all that kind of thing. So for me, it was almost like selling my soul sometimes to teach in a way that wasn't me. Yeah. So I had all this like grief and then I had this... Um, all these questions about what I was doing with teaching and my anxiety was like worse than it had ever been. And then I could say it was 24 seven because I remember waking up and this is just about five years ago, all this happened that um, I'd wake up in the morning and my first, I would have a, like a, a shoot of energy. I don't know any other way to put it. Like the minute I would wake up, I would feel that like adrenaline rush through my body and I would already be thinking, Oh geez, I got to get up. I got to, Oh, what's going to happen today. And, and then I would start looking for symptoms in my body, physical symptoms. Um, and I, of course I was looking for pain or something that didn't feel right. And I would find tons of things. Yeah. And so then within minutes I was already into all these stories of how the day was going to go or, Something horrible was wrong with me. And that's how I'd start my day. And then I'd try to muddle my way through it. And again, I would try to act what I thought was normal in my life. But I almost feel like I was like an actress or something. Because by the time I get home from work, I would come home and I would just be so exhausted. And I would just like lay on the floor and think, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I hate this. You know, this isn't what life's about. And and so I was going from like this anxiety to this depression. And now I can see that actually is my body trying to find a balance in a way. Because when I was anxious, I was like hyper, hyper busy, hyper moving around. I hit constantly doing things. And then I'd hit like a crash and I would just lay on the floor and be done. Yeah. And um, now I can kind of see the balance of it, the sense it makes. At the time, I couldn't see it at all. Yeah. And you were, you were trying to push all that anxiety away to kind of be the way you thought you should be so that you could do your job and just function in life, right? Right. Which is just, like you said, it's just pushing against just kind of what wanted to sort of naturally happen. So you had to crash, but yeah, it's so cool now to see the balance and kind of the protection and the wisdom in that. Exactly. And at the time I just thought I was going into a deep depression um, and maybe I was, but it was only because my body was trying to find that balance. It wasn't, it was actually working for me, but I didn't see it. Um, and I was not sleeping. So I was lots of days, I slept two or three hours a night and I would wake up in the middle of the night. It was the same thing where I would have a thought that something was wrong or going to happen. And then I would think I had to find the solution. And I had to find out why. Why am I so anxious? Why do I have this pain? And now the pain had moved now to my feet. Um, so that I was afraid to walk places. I And I was afraid how far I walked. And I was trying to control everything, <laughs> everything to try to get rid of the pain, get rid of the anxiety. Um, so it was like a full-time job. Did you and have I, a sense at this point that the pain was related to anxiety? A little bit. I, I did like a lot of the other symptoms, but the pain, no. The pain, I, I kept thinking it was something separate. The stomach aches, the dizziness, all that kind of stuff. I, I was 
by now I was more attuned to, okay, that's just me when I'm anxious or whatever. But I still thought something was wrong physically with my body that I was feeling all these pains. And I kept thinking, nobody's found it yet. I have some terrible disease and no one's found it. So I, um, I tried like everything. I did elimination diets because there's all kinds of foods they say contribute to pain and anxiety too. So I started eliminating things from my diet and it got to the point where I was only eating 14 different foods totally ever. (laughs) And so that really limits what you can eat. And um, like I I do a lot to think about. (laughs) It's a lot on your mind. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything, like there were all these different lists of different kinds of foods that you should avoid. And I was willing to try anything because I kept thinking, if it works, I don't care. I don't care for only 14 foods the rest of my life. So I, uh, I kept doing that. And, but I never added anything back because it seemed like when I add something back to my diet, I would get symptoms. But now in retrospect, did I really get symptoms or was I looking for symptoms? And so, of course, when I was looking for weird things going on. I could feel weird things going on. So now I can kind of see the catch 22 there. I um, took supplements and anytime I took a supplement, it seemed like it had the opposite reaction it was supposed to have. So like magnesium is supposed to calm you down and all that. I would feel more wired than (laughs) I had before. (laughs) And, And nothing seemed to make sense to me. I tried meditation, but I couldn't, I couldn't quiet my mind. So the whole time I was supposed to be meditating, I was thinking, oh, how long do I have to sit here? I can't stand this. I'm going to go crazy. You know, all those kinds of things. Um, I did yoga, which I had done beforehand, and I continued to do that. So a lot of these things aren't bad, but they just did, like weren't my answer. I tried tapping the EFT, mm-hmm. and I thought that was working, actually. But um, again, it was one of those things that would work for a little bit. And then as soon as I was done tapping, it would be like, come right back to me. Um, I even had surgery on my feet on one foot. I was supposed to have it on the other one. And then I, again, I think my wisdom told me not to. It, um, this is kind of a cool story. I don't know if you want to hear it because it kind of <laughs> goes yeah. off. But I, um, I had surgery on my left foot and I, w- I was scared to do that, but I was like, I'll do anything to get rid of this pain. So I have surgery on my left foot and it was a long process getting back to normal, finally get back to normal. And what do you think happens? The pain moves to my right foot. So I was like, oh, I was so depressed. I just couldn't believe that that could happen. And then to have to go through that whole process again. And of course, the doctor's like, oh, yeah, you need surgery on your right foot. And I'm thinking, how many people have this, you know, this doesn't happen to people. Something isn't right about all this. But again, I was desperate. So Um, I was scheduled for surgery and it was like a week before the surgery and I I really didn't want to do it, but I I don't know. I felt hopeless and I needed something. So in the middle of the night, I woke up and it was like clear as day. I heard a voice say, don't have the surgery. And I'm not somebody who ever like hears a voice. (laughs) So I thought, oh, that is really weird. But I didn't feel scared. Like when I, it wasn't like one of those panic thoughts that I'd had so many times before. Yeah. This was more like just matter of fact. And so I, even in the night, I wasn't, I didn't get scared. I didn't question it. It's just like I listened to it. And then I started to think maybe something's going to happen to my mom and I, she'll need me. 
And so that's why I shouldn't do it right now. Or something's going to happen with my son or my husband and I'm going to need to walk or something. That's what it's about. So I kind of took it that God spoke to me in the night. So the next morning when my husband woke up, I told him, you know what, I'm going to cancel the surgery. And I don't really know why, but I just, I heard this voice in the night told me not to do it. I'm not going to. So I called, I canceled it. And the weird thing is within a couple of weeks, my right foot did not hurt anymore. It was like, <laughs> wow. so I just like these little things were happening that I couldn't understand, but yet I knew there was something bigger going on. Yeah. And I went to see a more of a functional type doctor and she was doing all this blood work. Cause I still thought something was wrong with my body. And um, off the cuff, she kind of mentions a book by Dr. John Sarno, healing back pain. And she goes, you should read that book. So right when I got out of her office, I bought the book and I read it like in the night. And I, it was such a game changer because it was the first time somebody put together like the connection between your mind and your body. And this sounds so stupid for me to say this now, but I never made that connection. I mean, I knew there was some correlation between like stomach aches and headaches and that kind of thing, but I had no idea you could have like all this pain from... Um, well, he doesn't really say thinking, but now I, when I look at it now, I can put it all together. Like the, the you know, how you feel emotionally, what you think yeah. is impacting your body too. It's all one big unit. Yeah. I never saw it that way. I just saw my head as separate, like, a, I don't know what, <laughs> you know, like the brains of the whole operation. And then there was my body right? and, and that's how doctors had always treated me. So I guess I just believed that. So, um, Unfortunately, though, I mean, I was, it was helpful, but it also, Dr. Sarno believed you had these feelings like trapped in your body and you have to get them like released. Mm-hmm. And so he said like you needed to journal or yeah, basically journal out all these feelings. And the way you did that was you went into your past and also you look at your present life and you just kind of keep delving into that and why you feel this way and whatever. Well, for me, I spent like two years journaling and I did it faithfully and going over lists of things that I thought caused me to feel angry or sad or whatever. And um, what I found was most of the time I would get more anxious and I, or I feel my pain would ramp up like after I would do it or while I was doing it. And I kept thinking, this just is not working. And and what they would tell you is people in this community is that, well, that just means you're releasing it, that you're feeling it more intensely. But I'm thinking, you know, after all this time, like how much could be in there, you know, (laughs) keep revisiting these painful memories. And now I see I was like, I'm just reliving it by keep thinking it. I just am living it in the present moment. I'm not unearthing anything when I'm doing that. Um, So. I think we, sorry, I, I really, really have this sense too, when we're, when something's releasing, if you don't think about it too much, do you know what I mean? You have a sense when something is clearing and opening and feeling good versus just revisiting and rehashing. It's like what a good cry feels like. It feels amazing, right. even when you're really sad doing it, you know, right. versus, yeah. So I know that's just to kind of pull that bit out because it's hard when 
you read something like that and then people are saying, well, that's what it's supposed to feel like. But everything in your common sense and your gut is like, I don't think so. You know, so we can trust ourselves in that feeling. Yeah. And I kept thinking, you know, when is this ever going to end then? I mean, it just kept going on and on. Um, And that is actually in the fall of 2018 is when I came across the understanding. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this, there's something here. And I, I didn't get it at all. At all. I just I kind of like kept listening to podcasts and things like that and different teachers. And then I enrolled in the Little School of Big Change in the spring of 2019. Um, and then that's like where things just kind of opened up for me because it all kind of started to make sense. Um, and I could see the role my thinking was playing. Like nobody ever said, your thinking is playing a role in this. They, like Dr. Sarno talked about feelings, but not like our thoughts so much. Mm-hmm. And so once I could see that I was making up these stories um, and just the, the habit of my thinking, like my, my habit was thinking. <laughs> Think like the anxious thinking. Yeah. And I got used to that anxious thinking and like that. I think I even, I don't want to say I liked it, but I had that drama going all the time in my head. Yeah. And that was my habit, I think. Yeah. And that my body had a habit of different sensations and they weren't even telling me anything about my body, but I didn't realize it at the time. But now I see that it was um, like, even the pain was habitual because I expected it and I looked for it and the vigilance of it all, the hypervigilance of looking was another thing that was my habit. And it's, it's so big to see that as a habit, really all of that. Like, I love how you just even said that, like my body had this habit, my mind had this habit, not that they're separate, but like it's all one big system and yeah. it's like, it's one big system and the habit is its own kind of system. That's why like we equate it to weather a lot. You know, it's like this weather system that you'd wake up, here comes the storm and it just right. rolls through and, and it just doesn't even occur to you that it's anything other than just, well, here's what's here. Like, it, you know, so just yeah. even to kind of start to see, like, it sounds like you were at this time, like, wow, this is just where my mind takes me every morning or every day. Right. And you see all the effects of that all over in your body and your life. Yeah. yeah. Like that's huge to just kind of start to see it that way. Yeah. This is just me or it's my pain or I need to journal. It's a, it's a much bigger way. Right. And to know that I did not have to listen to my thinking. Like I thought I had to listen to every thought. I, I think I thought it was like a direct line to God or something. And he, <laughs> I don't know, but nobody ever said, you don't have to listen to that. That's a machine that's chattering away. You know, that's, that's not truth. Yeah. And then, um, it was like so freeing because once I could see that, then it was like, I had a lot more space in my head that I never had my entire life. I don't think I ever had that space. And it was like, wow. And it was, it felt honestly kind of scary at first because, I didn't know what to do with that space. And like, then I wanted to fill it up with something. Yeah. But now I like, now I can appreciate that space and respect that space, I guess. Yeah. Um, so. So well, that was like two years ago now, a little over yeah. two years ago. So 
yeah. So how is it? I mean, it's a hard, hard thing to answer really, but like, how's it gone in the last two years? I know, like, has it been sort of like a gradual sort of just seeing more or have there been like big peaks and down times or how's that gone? It's been gradual, honestly. Um, like when I entered the little school, I really wanted my pain to be gone. That was my number one thing. I thought I can live with this anxiety. I've lived with it my whole life. I get it. I, I thought I got it. You know, I, I'm like, okay, at least I can still go places, do things most of the time. But um, the pain, it was like, I can't, it limits me or I thought it limited me. So I wanted the pain gone. And I think I even asked you this before I started the, the course and I like, does this work for pain? You know, can, can I get rid of pain with this? Um, and so that was still like my main focus. And um, the anxiety did start to fall away. And I started to not try to control everything in my life so much. So like what I was eating, I just gradually started adding foods and I really didn't think about it a whole lot. It would be just like if I felt like eating um, something that I hadn't eaten in two years, three years, I just kind of ate it. And I wasn't like in the past, if I did that, then I would constantly be monitoring my body to see if I had any symptoms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't do that anymore. I noticed. And I didn't even realize it at the time, but it'd be like several days later, I think, Oh, I never even, I never even thought about that. I ate it and that, that was it. Or, um, I would, like, for example, I went to see you in Plymouth then after the little school. So that was in the spring. And then I went in May and I hadn't been anywhere by myself. I didn't really feel like comfortable traveling alone or anything like that for years. And I just, I thought I'm going and I went and it was so amazing at the time. I couldn't believe I did it even, but so my life just opened up so much. I remember so, that. <laughs> and I remember like, I remember you being so nervous about it and kind of being like, am I really doing this? You yeah. know, like, so it's, I love those times when it's like an answer is so clear. It's almost like it's the tickets paid, the, the trip is planned, but then your mind is still back here being like, yeah. what the heck am I doing? <laughs> I remember yeah, seeing I, you. I remember walking in and you and Amanda were standing next to each other. And um, I was starstruck just to see you guys because, you know, I'd seen you on the calls and all that. And But then I was just so, so excited to be there. And I, and I started to cry. And Amanda looks at me and says, are, are you all right? And she's so sweet and loving. And, and then you hugged me hello. And I just felt like I was living a different life. It was so amazing. So amazing. So I still had pain through all that. Um, and then... What did I do? I just stayed in the conversation, really. I just keep listening to podcasts. I was in the graduate community. Um, I listened to other teachers in the three principles and just try to stay immersed in it. And gradually, my my physical symptoms are falling away. And uh, that's, like, so exciting. But I no longer, it's no longer, like, my main goal. Yeah. Um, it's still there. Like I. I can't honestly, like some people say, oh, they're so thankful, you know, they had the pain or whatever. I can't honestly say I'm thankful at this point, although I know it's helped me get to where I am. So, but I I can't really say I'm grateful yet, but maybe someday I will. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's gradually falling away is what I would say. And, but I guess what I would say too, is I can live my life now, even with it, where I thought I had to be at a certain point 
with my anxiety or with my pain, whatever, to live life like it had to look a certain way. And if it looked that way, then I could be okay. I could live a normal life. I could be happy. And now I see that I can be happy. I can have peace. I don't have to be this perfect person that, or this have this ideal life or whatever to feel those things. I didn't realize that before. So I can actually do things still, even with pain, or I can do it even with anxiety. And that is so, so freeing too. It's just amazing. That's huge. And that's what I think makes room for it, for a lot of change to really happen for things, you know, because, because think about it. I mean, you're just, you're just in a place where you're like, it's not going to stop anything. You might have preferences to not have it there, right. but, but when it's there, it's not like this giant jump on it, push it away, manage it, freak out about it. It's like, okay, right. here, this is here in the background and I'm just living my life. So without all that resistance on it, it just, it, you're not powering it anymore. No, it's a machine that's for a long time, your whole life pretty much has been running a certain way. So, you know, I love like this metaphor of like a train stopping. If a train's been going, it takes a mile or something for a train to stop, you know, once it hits the brakes. So I just can feel that where you are too in this. It's like the machinery, and this happens all the time, as you know, you've seen this in people now too, that it's like the the habit still sort of plays out in the background, but as long as you're not pushing against it in the same way that you were, you know, it's just kind of coming to its natural conclusion. Yes. Yeah. And it, like you said, it doesn't have the power it used to have. And that's so, so amazing to me because all, it seems like all my life it had so much power, I thought, over me. And now I could see that I was scaring myself. Um, so much of the time, all the time, really, I was scaring myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you still notice that at times, but it just looks different. Yeah. It, and like to me, um, it's kind of like background music. Like if I'm in a restaurant or something and I don't like this music and I like, I don't have to pay attention to it. Like I know that, like I wouldn't pay attention to the music unless I liked it. And it's, kind of the same thing with body sensations yeah or these thoughts that I can't do something or I shouldn't do it or whatever I just I can still hear it or I can still feel it like in my body but I can it's not my focus anymore like I can um I can still live a life and and be happy and and I just say one more thing because this is like I was Sometimes I feel like um, like I'm a kid again in the sense of how I feel in my body. I don't know if this makes sense, but because I like my mind is freer, I can be more open to things. And it's like I can feel excitement. I can feel like even like how I move. It's like I can feel that feeling I had when I was really young sometimes, like just that. And it's like I had not felt that in my body because I didn't trust my body. I didn't like my body. I thought it was broken. I had to fix it. And like now I don't see it that way so much anymore. I mean, sometimes I do a little, but it's like mostly not like that anymore. So it's so exciting to be free. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I know that's like a hard thing to describe, I think, but I, I feel really feel like I know what you mean like that. And it makes sense because there's just been 
all this thinking about your body is in a certain way and scanning for problems and it's broken and all of that. But to have that thinking just not there in the same way, you're finally getting to like actually feel and discover some spaciousness there that your mind it probably was always there. It was always there, but your mind just wouldn't even allow you to see that because it was so right. certain that there was a problem. Yeah, exactly. That's so cool. And so now, and, and you're a change coach, which yes. is amazing. I'm so excited. Yes. yes. And um, when I decided um, to not teach anymore, I just felt like there was something else I was going to do in my life. And I had no idea. This was three years ago. I had no idea what I was going to do at all. And I just kept thinking, I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to let this unfold. Something's happening. And sure enough, like that following year when I discovered this understanding and went to the little school and all that, I still didn't know that that would play any part in it, but it was like the seed growing inside me. And then um, this past fall, when I saw that you were advertising for the coach training, like I saw the advertisement, I thought, oh, I should do that. I thought, not you know, what? You know, that's crazy. You're not a coach. You know, you never thought of doing that. And then I mentioned it to my husband and he's so great. And he's like, I think you should do it. And I'm like, really? Like, (laughs) well, that's interesting. And, and I still was like, no. And then I had a call with you again. And, um, and I just knew like, I I really want to do this. I want to share this because I think it's so so amazing. And so many people just don't understand how life works, really. And if they had this understanding, it could just change everything, not only in their life, but like in our communities. And I, I just find it so exciting. So I think it's like I'm meant to share it. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that I can share it with a lot of people at some point. I hope so too. And I know I've, I've heard you share it a little already and you're great at it. And I know that, like, I hope people hear this and anyone who's been through anything similar to what you're talking about. And I know you have a, a passion for sharing it with kids too and teachers. And so I'm, ex- I'm excited to see where that goes. It's, yeah. uh, it's so cool to hear your whole story. And like, I've heard bits and pieces. I've seen the last couple of years, bits and pieces, but Again, I just feel like this is so relatable. Like there are so many people out there that have been through a very similar version of this. And and I love how you talked about everything looked very separate. Doctors looked at things separate, even 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 you in teaching. Like you didn't want to see your kids as separate and this part of education is separate from that part. So I just like I love how you just have this big zoomed out picture that that's kind of emerged for you, you know, over the years and that so much it's so much simpler and it goes so much deeper that way right and yeah when you look at um you know kids at school and even all the anxiety and stress they're feeling and even relationships with between kids and with teachers and kids and parents and kids you could see if people had this understanding their whole experience would be so different you know yeah I even know with my own son I wish I had known that he has the same wisdom I have and we all have. I I wouldn't have felt so I like I felt like I needed to protect him so much. And I had to um, you know, teach him everything, <laughs> guard him and you know. And I, I probably still would have done some of that, but I think I would have been a lot looser with my even just 
maybe not with what I let him do per se, but with how I saw him, like if I could have communicated that to him more, um, I, you know, it would have been cool. And as a mom, I could have relaxed a lot more. I think if I would have been like, he has that same wisdom I have. (laughs) That would have been really neat. So, yeah. That was yeah. big for me to see too. I, I also thought like, it's our job as parents to put everything in, like everything yeah. they need in life, we need to put it in for them. <laughs> and someone pointed yeah. that out to me one time, like, uh, I don't think you have to shove it all in. I think maybe yeah. it's there and it's going to emerge. I'm like, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Because you think, okay, I have 18 years. I've got right. to get all this. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, that's so great. Thank you so much for sharing oh. your story. I loved it. Thank you so much for asking me. It's an honor. Yeah. And I just know this is going to be so helpful and I'm so grateful for all that you've seen and just how things keep unfolding. And I really feel like you're at that place, like the, the train's been on its brakes for a little bit and whatever extra energy's in there just needs to burn itself out. And you're like, every day is just more and more free because of what you know, regardless of what shows up, which is amazing. Yeah. And I, just one last thing I would say, like last week I was thinking, I always thought peace meant being happy. I don't know why I equated the two, Mm -hmm. but now I can see that I can be at peace even when um, I'm sad or I'm grieving or that that quiet space is there that I don't even know if I call it quiet because in my mind, sometimes it's not quiet, but it's to me, it's like the space between my breaths or something. That's just that openness. And I can feel that regardless. Um, it, it doesn't mean I'm happy that I'm at peace. And so that, that's been helpful too to me. So Yeah, I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anne. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. If you want to change story like you just heard from Anne, please join us in the Little School of Big Change. The fall class starts in just two weeks, two weeks from today, August 30th. This is the last time I'll be offering this course until 2022. And I would love to support you this fall to help you see things in a really different way. 95% of people, and there have been thousands of people that have gone through the school, 95% say that what they saw in the school put them on the path to deep and lasting change. So they saw something in this course that they say was a game changer for them. Like it, it helped them be ready for change. It started to put those wheels into motion. And I would love for that to be the case for you too. So go to thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to save your seat before it fills. You'll also save $47 when you enroll before enrollment week, which begins in two weeks from today, August 30th. I'd love to have you in class. I hope to see you there.